Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this episode, I sit down with Dominic Cartuccio to talk about how you can stop drifting through life. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change, big change. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, we are tackling a topic that many of us struggle with, but we don't necessarily realize that we struggle with it. It's called drifting. And if you've ever felt like you're losing control of the direction your life is going in, if you've ever felt like you want it to go in a certain direction and it's just sliding off the road as you go through, or if you've ever had a lot of ambition and and a goal for something and then woke up one day and realized you weren't on the right track, the culprit is called drift. And in today's show, I'm speaking with Dominic Cartuccio from the Men Amongst Men podcast, all about drift. We we are going to break down exactly what it is. We're going to break down how it affects our lives. We're going to talk about some strategies and some solutions to fix it. And we're going to give you a step-by-step approach to solving it in your own life. So get super excited for that. But before we do, if you haven't already, check out sparkology.co slash tiny leaps. There you're going to find more information about my digital membership where I'm teaching you everything I know about podcasting from equipment to launch to marketing to recording and editing. Everything that you are, are is stopping you currently from launching your own show you're going to learn about in Sparkology. So head over to sparkology.co slash tiny leaps. That's sparkology.co slash tiny leaps. Let's get into the episode. All right, Leapsters. So I am sitting down with Dominic from Man Amongst Men. Highly recommend that you listen to the podcast. After this one, just do a search for Man Amongst Men wherever you get your podcasts and tune in. They are having some really, really important conversations about manhood, about being a man. And it's something that if you have a man in your life and you want them to embrace this journey of personal development, or if you are a man and you are ready to embrace this journey of personal development, uh, Dominic and Brian are the two people to talk about it. So the topic today is how to stop drifting through life. And Dominic is here to break it down for us. So first of all, Dominic, thank you so much for being here. Greg, thanks for having me on the show, man. And I didn't know this until the other day when you told me that we are, the man amongst men is huge in Latvia and Trinidad. (laughs) So uh, if you're in any of those two, either of those two places, like we're number one with a bullet there. Yeah, and it, it's 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 always fun when you when you notice those things. You guys might have to do a world tour pretty soon. Um, so let's let's define the problem because I, I want to hear a little bit more about you as well and go into sort of a little bit of the background and why you're talking about this topic. But let's define the problem first. What exactly in your mind is drifting? Cool. 
One time I was scrolling through the internet and I saw a quote that sent a shiver down my spine and it went something like this. The definition of hell is that the, at the end of your life, the person you became meets the person you could have become. Ooh. At the end of your life, the person you became meets the person you could have become. That's the definition of hell. And it's, how do we get to that place? Like, how do we end up living an entire life where we leave chips on the table? And so the single answer to that is this one term called drifting, us drifting through life. Now let's dimensionalize and define what drifting is. Drifting is a term that I learned from the genius Napoleon Hill. If you aren't familiar with Napoleon Hill, he wrote the number one best-selling personal achievement book of all time called Think and Grow Rich. Now, there are only 15 books that have ever sold over 50 million copies worldwide. Most of those are like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, fiction books. The only personal development and business book that's ever cracked that threshold is Think and Grow Rich. So how did that book come to be? Well, Napoleon Hill grew up during, he lived during the Great Depression era, and he had a mentor by the name of Andrew Carnegie of Carnegie Steel, who said to Napoleon, Napoleon, if you want to learn how the richest people in the world, the most successful people in the world achieved those heights, then go out and interview hundreds of them and then distill their secrets and write the book on it. And so Napoleon Hill did that over a 20 year career. He ended up interviewing the titans of, of state, like Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, the Roosevelts, the Rockefellers, Charles Schwab, JP Morgan, Mind Their Secrets, wrote the Bible for how to attract riches into your life. They can grow rich. But I was more interested in the secondary piece of advice that Carnegie gave to Napoleon Hill. And he said, Napoleon, if you want to understand the real human experience, then you need to go out and interview 10 times as many people on their deathbeds who felt like they'd left chips on the table, right? Who had lived that definition of hell at the end of their lives. When time was ticking out, they felt like they didn't live their purpose. How did they get there? And so Napoleon took that extra seriously and he went out and interviewed 25,000 of those people over the course of the next 25 years. And it made it his life's work. And the 25,000 stories that he took, he distilled down into a book called Outwitting the Devil. And this is probably the number one most influential book of my life. So mm. Outwitting the Devil uh, is a distillation of these 25,000 stories of dreams lost. And there is a passage in the book that I read. It was during Hurricane Sandy here in New York City where there was like no lights, no power, God forbid, no Wi-Fi. All <laughs> I had was a flashlight. And these words sunk in so deeply, it shook me. And then the devil says that I enter the minds of people through habit. And through habit, I can establish this principle of drifting. And when a person begins to drift, he is headed straight towards the gates of hell. And what he means by this is that we think that we are often in control of our own lives, that we're behind the steering wheel of our own car, making conscious decisions when in actuality, we're oftentimes in the passenger or backseat of our own cars, while our patterns, our habits, mm. our unconscious belief systems, the experiences that we've had, the socioeconomic environment that we grew up in, the mindsets that we've adopted unconsciously over time, that's what's actually steering our car. And that's drifting. And 
that's how we can wake up just days, weeks, months, years later and be like, where did the time go? Yeah. We just meander through life in this hypnotic rhythm. And, and I'll, I'll pause here in a second, but the last really important thing is the, the only time that we tend to wake up from this drifting state is when an outside force thrusts itself upon us. And it's usually something pretty crappy, like being dumped by the person that you love or the loss of a loved one or an unexpected illness, or you get fired from your job or your business goes bankrupt. It's usually these really crappy events that actually push us into a deeper level of thinking, wake us up from that drift. And those can be extraordinary moments of pivot, of trajectory changing to go deep and become a stronger person on the other side of that. And I'd be willing to bet that every one of your listeners, Greg and you included, have had moments like that where you now look back on those moments and say, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be the man or the woman that I am today, even though I wouldn't oh, yeah. wish that experience on anybody. But the question becomes, if that's your only catalyst for making major change in your life, when an outside force thrusts itself upon you, then how in command of your life are you really? So right. drift, we want to we want to be able to break out on our own terms. Yeah. And that, that makes a ton of sense. And, and for me personally, um, like the, that big catalyst was uh, a few years ago when my father passed away. But to your point, it shouldn't just be waiting around for something to happen to you before you take control. Um, so I want to get into how we start to build that control into our lives. But Dominic, tell us uh, just a little bit about your background. Like we know how you discovered this term, but why were you reading that book in the first place? Like why, what, what, what has led you to the point where this became so important for you? Right. Um, the first, the first wake up that I had was when I was 30 years old. This was 10 years ago. I'm 40 years old now. Um, I, at that time I was in corporate America working for Prudential Financial, which is a fortune 100 firm. And, uh, that year I had a life changing year financially. I tripled my sales goal. I was in the sales organization. I was really young. I was the youngest guy doing what I was doing by 15 years. And I hit this pinnacle that I thought was kind of going to be this blissful Narnia like state. And I was proud of myself for getting to the top of that mountain and financially bringing some freedom into my life and security. But it was a kind of a fleeting moment of success. And when that was gone, I felt this strange feeling of emptiness, of numbness, of if this is as good as it gets, and I got 30, 40 more years of working like this, then that kind of scares, that scares me. Yeah. And, and that woke me up to uh, maybe I've just been living a default existence, just mm -hmm. following a path. And so that caused me to question more deeply and bring in some books like, like Outwitting the Devil, which was recommended to, our, to, to me by a mentor of mine that started to get me to think differently. Support for today's episode comes from Teladoc Health. College is stressful. There's a ton of work to do. You're away from family, you're broke, and you're dealing with a lot of situations that you've never had to deal with before. So why deal with it all on your own? 
With Teladoc, a therapist is just a click away on the web or on your phone with appointments available seven days per week. You can choose the therapist who best fits your needs, have your visit from wherever you're comfortable, and do it all in a way that has none of the fear or stigma that therapy often has. I recently spoke with Dr. Desreen Dudley, one of the professionals available to you on Teladoc, and here's what she had to say for those of you who might be struggling with your mental health. I would say don't struggle in silence. Help can be very, very conveniently located to you, just a click away. You can have an appointment with a therapist, and even if you don't know anything else, you could just start there to get help. That's what I would say. Ready to get started? Head over to www.tinyleaps.fm slash mental health today to get started. That's www.tinyleaps.fm slash mental health. www.tinyleaps.fm slash mental health. Don't struggle in silence. www.tinyleaps.fm slash mental health. You woke up one day and realized you've been drifting. Now, maybe you didn't have the language for it, but but you you recognized that feeling and then started to search for a solution for it. Uh, what other ways does this, this play out in a person's life? So say somebody's listening right now, how can they identify whether or not they've been drifting? Great. There's a few different ways you can do that. Um, one of them is think about a recurring complaint that you have in your life. Right. And, and Greg, you could even do this for yourself right now. Like there's a, a complaint that could come up over and over and over again in your mind. I don't have enough time. Um, I have to take care of everyone else before I have to take care of myself, before I can take care of myself. Um, my boss sucks or my partner is always on my case. She, you know, she or he is nagging me or whatever it is. Right. There's this recurring complaint. And yet you say you say you want it to be different. And yet you do very little. To, to do anything differently, to create change in your life. The, 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 the complaint just happens over and over again. Uh, so you are complicit in a certain way of, of perpetuating status quo. Another way of identifying that in your life is if you start many things and finish very few, right? Like you constantly start books, don't finish them. You do a launch for a new business, but then like you don't, like the ball's at the five yard line, you don't push it into the end zone. You mm-hmm. go hot and heavy into a new relationship, but then you let it falter after some of the romantic honeymoon energy dissipates, right? Like if you start many things, but you finish very few. And the biggest one, this is the biggest one, is where you really let your fears drive your behavior. And your fears driving your behavior, it's, well, I take the job because I'm afraid that I'm not going to have enough money or I buy the car, not that I really want, but I buy the car that's going to give me status because I'm afraid of not looking like I belong in this community or keeping up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. And this fear thing, Greg, is really insidious because I work with a lot of people who are really high performers who, who would claim to me over and over again that they go after what they're afraid of. And yet, while that's true on one level, when I peel back what's really at the core of how most people are operating, it's that they are afraid of not being enough. They're afraid of not having enough money. They're afraid of being poor. They're afraid of being criticized. They're afraid of uh, being passed up by someone else, afraid of being irrelevant. 
And from that place, most people make most of their decisions. And as Napoleon Hill would say, and outwitting the devil, 98% of people make choices from that place, which is drifting. And that's what causes you to end up at the end of your life feeling like you lived a life of regret with chips on the table. Got it. Okay. And so what's, um, because this is, as I'm hearing you break this down, like it, it, it really is sinking in how important this problem actually is, right? Because it's not only is it, it's something that, uh, you never want to get to the end of your life and recognize you could have done more, you could have been more, you could have been happier, whatever the, the outcome is. Uh, because at that point, there's no turning the clock back. There's nothing you can do. And so you just have to sit with that. Like that to me is the worst possible feeling that I think could, could possibly happen. Uh, but the, the scariest part of this is that I'm not positive that most people recognize that this is even a problem, that most people are even conscious of the fact that this is something that they might face when they, they get to that point in their life. Um, would you say that there's any truth to that? Like, is it something that you're hearing people talk about or is it just a footnote in, in a Napoleon Hill book? thousand percent. You're, you're right on the money where too many people aren't even aware that they are drifting. And it's only when an outside force comes in and crashes down upon them that they actually wake up and recognize it. Some people have an outside force crash down upon them and they don't recognize it. They just step yeah. right past it. And here's an example of when one of my clients came to me um, where she recognized it. So seven months ago, six months ago, a senior vice president from Morgan Stanley, top 10 financial advisor in her region, 43-year-old woman with two kids under the age of five. Um, and she, she'd run and completed five Ironman uh, five Ironmans. So this woman is like a superwoman. Yeah. And she reached out to me because she had just been in the back of an ambulance for what she thought at the time was a heart attack that might take her life. As she got to the hospital, she found out that she was, all of her vitals were a hundred percent. She ended up having a massive panic attack because mm -hmm. in her life, she had taken on way too much responsibility. Everything was on her shoulders. And up until the panic attack. She would have told you until she was blue in the face that, that, that she had everything under control in her life, that that was the way that, that she wanted it. She wanted the responsibility. She wanted to play these big games. And all the while she was waking up many times at night because she was so stressed out. She was, had so much on her mind. She was getting very little sleep, taking very little care of herself. And, and eventually it culminated in this wake up call. Now, some people can respond to the tap on the shoulder. And what I mean by that is some people are so attuned to themselves that if they start to notice that they're getting, let's say, headaches or injuries, or if they're in a constant state of like negativity, they're, they're attuned enough to themselves to say, oh, those are, those are actually symptoms that I'm drifting. Mm. Other people need to be hit by a Mack truck, right? Other people need the heart attack. Other people need to be um, cheated on or left by their partner. Other people need to have business consequences before they actually wake up. And what you and I are doing, the reason why, you know, you do what you do and why I do what I do is because we don't want people to be hit by the Mack trucks. Because right. sometimes those Mack trucks actually can run you over and there's no coming back from it. We would like to have more control so that you can illuminate your own blind spots. You can course mm -hmm. correct when you're drifting. 
I love that. Uh, and let me just say, Dominic, you are such a good storyteller. It's like blowing my mind over here. Um, <laughs> so, okay, let's, let's transition here. What is the solution? So, so somebody's listening. They've identified, you know what? Dominic's right. I have been drifting. Uh, and they don't want to, to get to the gates of hell. What do they do now in order to, to avoid that outcome? Spot on. Uh, so I wrote my book about this, Design Your Future, the, the number one problem being drift, and then the three steps to break free from drift. So the three steps to break free from drift, drift are awakening, disrupting, designing. ADD, awakening, disrupting, designing, and I'll hit each of those at a high level. So awakening, you cannot change what you are not aware of. And, and I distinguish, I use the word awakening very specifically, not awareness. And, and the distinction from awareness to awakening is your willingness to make change, to actually take action. So, for example, smokers are aware that by smoking over a long period of time, they're greatly at risk for lung cancer. Uh, people who are morbidly obese are aware that they're at greater risk for, for health. There's awareness, but oftentimes no behavior change. An awakening, when that occurs, you're like, I'm no longer willing to, to accept this or to continue behaving like this. Now, there's two types of awakening. There's the unintentional awakening, which is that outside force thrusting itself upon you. And then what I prefer are the self-awakenings. Mm -hmm. Right. And these are the ones where we are, and, and there's a few mechanisms for this, right? Having a dedicated mindfulness practice and mindfulness for, you know, can mean different things for different people. For me, it's meditation, clearing my mind, practicing solitude. Uh, I also have a journaling practice to start to ask questions like, what are these recurring complaints in my life? What are these things that I say I want to change? And yet, I think behave and act differently from the change I actually say I want, right? Mm -hmm. These mindfulness exercises, creating space. Most people do not dedicate any space to cultivating awareness of how locked into their lives they are, where they may be drifting. If you can even do this for like five minutes a day, maybe in the morning, five minutes, maybe in the evening, five minutes, make that the bookends of your day then you can start to create an awareness around, holy, like this is, this is, these are the places in my life where I'm feeling stuck, stagnant, not lit up, bored in my life. Okay. After you have this awakening of, okay, like now I'm inspired to make change. Sometimes you don't know exactly what you're supposed to change. You don't have a clear path. It's like, um, it, it may be, I've been dating jerks all my, all my life. How do I change that? Or, uh, I've been watching, you know, I haven't been taking care of my fitness. Like, how do I immediately change that? Well, the second step is to disrupt your patterns of behavior and disruption of your patterns of behavior is done so that it can illuminate why you had those patterns in, in, in place in the first place and also give you immediate feedback on what could be a, a new replacement for that. Mm. So for example, you know, one of my recurring complaints was um, like, I don't have the kind of energy I thought I should have, you know, like throughout my day. I mean, I, I work out regularly four or five times a week. I thought I was getting the proper amount of sleep but then when I inspected my life, I recognized that I was watching two hours of Netflix every night 
before I would go to bed, sometimes three hours, just letting the thing roll. Um, in the mornings, I would wake up late and rush from one thing to the next. There wasn't really like a conscious morning routine. And so to disrupt that, I decided to take 30 days off of television and Netflix. Mm. Now, when I took that away, like I, I'm a big fan of these temporary abstinence periods, like take 10 days off of your cell phone, mm-hmm. um, take 10 days off of social media, take 10 days off of um, looking at your phone within the first 30 minutes in the morning. You could do, you can plug and play a million different things, 10, 10 days of not eating after 7 p.m. What you will learn very quickly is why you had that in the first place, because you will have like a jonesing effect. Right? You'd be like, oh, I want to watch TV tonight or oh, I want to eat dessert after 7 p.m. And when you start to actually sit with the discomfort, you can get curious about that discomfort and figure out what benefit it was providing you in the first place. Mm. For me, the TV was, I have a hyperactive mind. Watching a few hours of Netflix actually was kind of a an escaping numbing mechanism for me to avoid some of the consternation. And what I ended up finding after doing actually not 30 days of no TV, but 50 days, um, I found that one episode, like a 45, 60 minute episode of Netflix helps me fuel my t- uh, refuel. Once I tip over, I'm just escaping or numbing my- from reality. Interesting. Right. And this last piece, you know, after you've awakened and you've disrupted uh, and disruption, just one more thing on this, Greg, is disruption can come in the form of temporary abstinence periods. Like I just mentioned, it could come in the form of experiments. You know, it's like, Temporary abstinence is like stopping something for a period of time. And mm-hmm. an experiment may be more along the lines of starting something, right? Just trying something yeah. new for 20, for 21 days, I'm going to journal every morning. That's an experiment that I'm going to start and I'm going to see what shakes out as a result of that. So experiments are ways of starting something for a finite period of time that most people can commit to. And then the last piece is designing. So this is where you've taken all of the feedback, all of the things that you've learned from your disruption experiments, and now you are consciously designing a new set of behaviors and habits to take to carry forward into the future. The antidote for drifting is definiteness. The antidote Mm. for drifting is definiteness. And when you bring an intentionality to say, like I told you before, for Netflix or for TV, for me, one episode, one 45 to 60 minute thing is actually restorative for me. But beyond that, it's actually a trigger for me to know that I'm drifting because I'm just escaping or numbing from something else that's going on in my life. And even recognizing when I have the desire to let the next episode of Netflix roll through, that when that desire kicks up, it actually gives me a trigger to say, oh, like I have this desire to drift what it, what's going on with the conditions of my life that's causing that desire, more awareness creates a new awakening. And then I can, you know, again, go through that cycle of bringing back command of my life. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, so, so ADD awakening disruption and, uh, uh, designing. Yep. So, Let's let's really tie this together into an immediate next step for somebody. If they're at that awakening stage, they want to uh, embrace the self-awakening rather than waiting for the Mack truck to come by. Um, what 
one activity or what is a, a short list of activities they can try adding in that might help with that awakening? Yeah, um, it, it may be hard to do with it without a specific example. But let me let me mm. if, if you're at, if you're at the awakening stage, which is basically like you are ready to make change. That is actually one of the hardest places to get to. It's one of the most important places to get to because a lot of people have awareness, but the desire, the true desire to make the change, you're already halfway there because the disrupting part is is the fun part. This is where you get to become a social scientist of yourself, <laughs> right? And it's like, okay, now let's play some games. So I'll, I'll hit those two categories again of disruption, which are really creating temporary abstinence periods, stopping doing that thing that you do all the time, my coach, a coach I had for three years, his name is John O'Connor. Uh, if you're interested, you could look at guidingtheshift.com. He said something profound to me. He goes, Dom, I don't quite know why I do what I do until I stop doing it for a period of time. And then I get really curious about like what, what, what it, why it existed in my life to begin with. Mm-hmm. So let's just say that you are, you're feeling like you're not, um, you're not lit up by your life and, and you're constantly distracted. The, the cell phone is one of your fastest ways to disrupt yourself. Um, take 10 days. Don't look at your phone for the first hour of the day. Also, for the last hour of, last hour of your day, right? Like make the bookends of your day something else and replace it. Do an experiment with, if I'm not looking at my phone first hour, last hour, then what else would I be doing? that could potentially fuel my tank. Maybe it's reading Napoleon Hill's Outwitting the Devil. Um, Maybe it's listening to more of your podcasts that could actually fuel someone. It could be journaling. It could be sitting in meditation, right? So to make this applicable for everyone, think about something you can stop doing for a period of time and then at the same time, think about something you could start doing as an experiment that you believe might give you momentum, might give you motivation, might give you inspiration, and try that for a, a short period of time to see what kind of feedback you can get on yourself. Dominic, this has been an incredible, incredible episode. Um if somebody wants to keep this conversation going, they want to uh, get into some of the more advanced or or they've moved past awareness, they want to really dive into this, where can they connect with you? Where can they hear the show? Like, What are the next steps to go deeper with you? Yeah, there's a few. Come over to the Man Amongst Men podcast. So just Google Man Amongst Men. We actually have a lot of episodes on how to disrupt. And I do an hour-long episode on drifting. It's one of our most popular. It's one of our like first four or five. So just scroll back in time. And it's called The Number One Enemy to Living a Powerful Life. That's that episode. Come over to doinnerwork.com doinnerwork.com. And if you are interested in reading books, I have three different book lists that I've, I've developed. 18 business books for every business leader, uh, 12 books every man needs to read, 15 books written by women that every man needs to read. And you can find those downloads at doinnerwork.com forward slash books, doinnerwork.com forward slash books. Beautiful. Dominic, I just want to say thank you again for being here. I really appreciate you breaking down this topic for us. Uh, Fantastic, fantastic breakdown. And for those of you listening who finally understand sort of what that missing uh, uh, piece of information was, 
it's drift and and in order to break free of it in order to start taking control getting into that driver's seat of your life uh, you've got to awaken you've got to disrupt and you have to design so dominic thank you so much i encourage you all to jump over to the men amongst men podcast it's available wherever you are listening to this show so check it out or head over to doinnerwork.com slash books to download those book lists i've been greg clunas thank you so much for listening and as always remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day.